Hello and welcome back to Asians Represent and episode two of our Asians Read Kara Tour series. Uh, on the first Saturday of every month at twitch.tv slash AZNSrep, myself and my amazing group of guests are currently reading through the AD&D Kara Tour, the Eastern Realms campaign setting, and providing our uh, insights on the world building and depictions of Asian cultures. Uh, this one's interesting. This is the first time we've ever done uh, a read-through of an Asian book and found, well, Asian characters used in a way that actually mean, make no sense. Um, on top of that, we covered places of interest in Sholung, as well as the monasteries and temples of the Sholung priesthood. Uh, it's very interesting because Sholung is kind of this uh, fantasy analog for imperial China. Um, so yeah, uh, this episode was a, a lesson in world building and creating locations and social groups of interest that serve more than just plot hooks for characters. So... That being said, please enjoy this episode of Asians Read Kara Tour. There's some maps at the end, too. Are they cursed? Are they cursed? Are they cursed? <laughs> yes. Oh, if only. <laughs> so these are the maps. These are the maps. Oh, my God. This is just like a multi-page spread that's very difficult to read. Yes, I, uh, I'm there with I, you. <laughs> Yeah, um, I've seen the full thing blown up. It's um, it's a Is lot. It? Oh no, it's a lot. I'm just gonna pull up a map of Karatour right now. Mm-hmm. You yeah, looks looks kind of like Rokugan. Yeah, yeah. They they were very similarly uh, constructed. Okay, sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. 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 Okay. Sure. Daniel saw the map. Sure. <laughs> Look, if it isn't cursed, they... I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, this stream just shuts down and my PC catches fire. <laughs> I mean, my mic stand didn't break. You cannot so... draw the concentric circles. It's boring. You can't draw it. Roads. You can't do it. Just you don't can't do, do it. it. <laughs> well, I know what I'm doing on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were gonna. We were actually talking about this. We were trying to figure out what to do for a like spooky Halloween stream. I was like, oh, what if we... Oh, can we do just sit around takes and on ghost stories? <laughs> I, was, I was like, what if we read, like, Asian ghost stories? Like, yeah. old school, traditional Asian ghost stories. Oh, oh yeah. I dig uh, that. I dig that. Because there, there's, there's some stuff that's, like, definitely public domain that we could read. Oh, yeah. And they're, um, they're not all scary, either. Like, there's some really nice ghost stories. Sorry, the uh, emergency services are coming by. That's okay. They some someone drew the map and that something got fire. Someone drew the <laughs> map and that, it, that it, there was a fire. <laughs> it's cursed. Every time, you, every time a, a kid draws the map of Corridor, something go, kills on fire. Some, some oh, tech bro is trying to like show how his organization is actually like, or like the new oh, or the no. new Apple headquarters. It's like, <laughs> oh no, maps that's must why exist. So, maybe that's why so many people thought that. D&D was about Satanism. People were just trying to draw their maps, and then they were just bursting into flame. Yeah, It wasn't Satanism. It was Asian magic. It was Asian <laughs> <laughs> Mystical Asian magic. Oh my Typical God. Asian magic. The smoke smells draw like city sandalwood. And... Oh, God. Oh, oh man. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Um... <laughs> um but but we're back. We're back. Let's 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 get back into this. Enough 
enough talk about Conjuring Flame. Um, no, we should definitely talk about Conjuring Flame, every single one, because when we stand up against you know, racism in the tabletop gaming industry, we do conjure up, <laughs> not flame, but a certain subsect of the uh, community. Um, but I, I want to let you folks know, before we even start that, what what you are doing in your individual lives, be it like, you know, publishing stuff, uh, be it doing sensitivity reading, be it like shouting really loud, because I know, Michelle, you're like, I shout really loud. <laughs> and, like, and like talking about magic and all that stuff, like what you're doing is worthwhile and, you know, is bringing about great change. So I am super, super um, happy that you're all on board. Um, since this is a monthly stream, I want to make sure that everyone in the audience knows what this is about. Um, the first Saturday of every month, these amazing people and I are going to be slowly working through. We are 6% through. Um, <laughs> The first volume of Caratour of the Eastern Realms. This is the AD&D Asian campaign setting. And we'll be providing our critical analysis based on the depiction of Asian cultures and people, you know, based on our own experiences in the industry and as well, Asians. Now, our goal with this one, and we, we joke about, like, you know, drawing concentric rings and conjuring flame. But, but our, our goal with this is always to you know, create conversation I introduce new perspectives because we all have different perspectives as, as Asians um, and, you know, create spaces for Asian voices through our work and our analysis. Now, we are approaching this with based on four fundamental issues that we've found in pretty much all Orientalist work uh, in the tabletop gaming world. And that's that, you know, world building is based on harmful real world stereotypes. And these stereotypes, you know, blend cultures, ethnic groups, and even time periods. Um, we have uh, the problem that Asians are depicted as solely like violent or savage. And if they're not violent and savage, they're seen as like uncivilized and in need of saving. Right? Those two kind of go together. And then lastly, like we kind of saw hints of it when we were talking about uh, Kuo Meilan and his evil consort, but that Asians are objects of fetishization. Um, so that's what we're kind of approaching here. Uh, we're approaching this, you know, from these, this lens and we're talking about an AD&D product, a product that has been out of print, in physical print, for a very long time. But this world is still referenced in the 5th edition D&D world, in the, the iteration of the Forgotten Realms that is used in 5th edition D&D. Uh, Sholong, Kozakura, Wa, and all of Karatur are all mentioned in 5th edition books. And the people from Karatur and the people of Sholong are actually mentioned in the Player's Handbook. Um, so what we're talking about here is, you know, Super important and very, very relevant. Um, so, before we start, does anybody have any announcements? Anything that you want to share? Will we do this at the beginning and at the end? Anything. I know, like, Unbreakable, just like, you clo you're closed for submissions, yep. but people can still buy Unbreakable Volume 1. Mm -hmm. um, Mackenzie? Oh, yeah. Um, so, 
Um, I'm the lead writer for The Islands of Sina Una, which is an upcoming 5e campaign setting based around pre-colonial Filipino mythology. Um, and as of recording this, it releases on Monday, October 5th, so you still have a little bit of time to pre-order the PDF over on thedeckofmany.com. Um, I'm super excited. It has been, I've been working, we've been working on this, or the team's been working on this since, like, for two years. I've been working on it since January. It is amazing. It is so in-depth and God bless our team of researchers for the amount of work they have put into making sure that we get this right. Um, it's That's awesome. It's so good. And I'm so excited for people to look at it because it's, I mean, I've seen it and it's. I, mean, I might be a little biased, but I think it's really good. <laughs> hey, that's okay. That's okay to be biased. Talk, talk yourself up. Um, I just realized that I might have to. Oh, no, my audio is good. Okay, um, Emma, do you have anything? I know you're working on a, a new thing. <laughs> We're a continued project. We just found out that. <laughs> yeah, just ongoing cultural consultancy, sensitivity reading. And I never know how much I'm allowed to talk about, so I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> what, what Emma's saying is hire Emma to do cultural consulting. Um, Michelle, do you have anything going on that you want to share? Um, gosh, not too much going on right now. I mean, just continue working on the Lorgwaves and, you know, there's a lot of stuff always happening in the magic community. So continuing to kind of weigh in and talk about stuff there. So yeah, Conti- I- continuing to channel my inner possum, which is just like my inner trash cat streaming, like screaming trash cat, basically. Um, so I saw the I, mug I've, you made. It's amazing. Thank you. I love that mug so much. I've had people be like, hey, how much is it? And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, this is this is me in a mug, and I'm never letting this go. <laughs> I've never heard somebody call a possum a trash cat. Oh, it's that's the perfect. first time I've ever heard that. Yeah, it's it's pretty perfect. Um, it, it, it's like that's fantastic. Well. Yeah, yeah. Because I know like trash pandas, but never heard of trash cat. Yeah. Damn. Well, that's, so that's pretty great. Good. Now, we have one other thing. Um, uh, you could pre-order this if you are. I mean, you could pre-order this anywhere, but you can buy this in bookstores in Europe. Uh, later this month, and it's the D and D Annual 2021. Uh, this is an officially licensed D and D product. It's got all of your favorites. It's actually got a fantastic section on just like making a character, and it walks you through the character sheet and everything. Um, I think it's better than the way they do it in the Player's Handbook, honestly, um, because they walk you through like what alignment means. It's your moral compass and what the different things are, and all your attacks. It's a 20-step process, which is pretty cool. Um, It has, you know, um, it features all sorts of neat shows. You might know, like, I guess you might know Critical Role. They're they're pretty popular, right? Um, It's got Acquisitions Incorporated. But what's really neat is that it's got Asians represent. It's got Dungeons and Asians, our actual play. Um, On page 72, right above Dragon Talk and uh, next to Acquisitions Incorporated. Uh, which are both like fantastic shows um, that D and D produces. So yeah, you can order this at Amazon.co.uk. It's like eight pounds. Sorry, ten pounds, but it might be on sale on Amazon right now. But yeah, that comes out on October 29th. My American brain um, was like, it weighs eight pounds. <laughs> <laughs> they got the good cardstock. It's like, the good yeah. cardstock. Got some it's just good like, paper. That book is it's, dense. It's super thin, but it's real dense. 
the, the, the metallic inlay, that's actually tungsten. That's really dense. So what you know. you're saying is we can use it in like as a weapon in like a murder mystery novel. <laughs> I mean, yeah. This, in full D and D fashion, this is this is categorized as an improvised improvised martial melee weapon. Mm-hmm. Just, it's also throwable, like in the Hitman games. Have you ever played the Hitman games where you throw yep. a briefcase? Yeah, I have. That's great. <laughs> the homing briefcase. <laughs> That's what this book is. Well, actually, um, I I actually recently got the Mage 20th Anniversary Edition, and that's like 700 pages. It's the book is literally this thick. That yeah, is yeah. a real weapon. <laughs> there, there are like this Vihander cool rule book is also. Oh just, my like, god! Yeah, I super have thick. that. I have yeah. this. Oh, I have it downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Just I have show, it. Show the show the show the spine, Mackenzie. Show oh the spine. my Look god, out. it's so yeah. thick. I remember getting this in the mail and going, "What the heck did I? What is this?" Because it was just so, a mysterious box just thunked onto my doorstep, and I'm like. So Dan Fox sent me four copies of that book. Oh, man. And I didn't know how... This was, like, years ago. I didn't know how big it was. Big it was. I was expecting, like, a, you know, a and d size book. And he sent it to me. And I got this big-ass box in the mail. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And I went to pick it up. And I was like, oh, my God. And I carried it into my condo. And I opened it up. And I was like, this book's gigantic. It's cute. <laughs> it's so big. It's good it value. It's, it's good value. It's a, I, oh, that that's the that mm, that hit the Asian in me. I'm sorry. I just like, whenever I hear like something very, very oh, large, it's, it's, my mother comes out and is like, it's good value. Oh, it's good value. You get you get more pages per dollar. <laughs> oh yeah, man, no, like I'm feeling it. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so glad that's universal. <laughs> oh yeah. Across everyone in this panel. <laughs> Yeah, it's like yeah, best more pages per dollar. That's how it, that's how it works. Um, but anyways, people are here to watch us read Caratur, the Eastern Realms, Volume One. Last time we were able to get through the cover, the table of contents, the first piece of art, and. If you, you stuck around to the stream and you were here before we started recording, you'll notice that there is a lot of feline imagery that, that kind of pops up throughout this document. Uh, and we read the first page and five lines of the second page. Um, it was a little rough, it, but we made some progress. Um, we've worked really hard on this. Now, uh, it's time for us to continue our read through. Now, Jackie, you had an update. You had actually show, told us this before, yeah. but about this sidebar text, the yes, characters of the side. Yes, what is it? So I actually Tell the had, story. I had to consult with all of my family members. So, so I, I consulted my grandfather, my, grand, my grandparents, my, fam, my, my immediate family members. I even had to consult family members who are like actually professionally still working and writing in like Chinese law firms and whatever legal text and... There was some in New York. I had some in, in the West Coast and in, in L.A. I had a, I, I sent this to a lot of people. And what they all came to... The first response I got was, what is this supposed to be? <laughs> um, so basically, the side text on, on doesn't actually have any actual meaning. It's all a bunch of characters. And actually, about every few characters, it goes in a series of like four or five that are phonetically similar, they're just tonally different. And in Chinese, in Chinese language, there's usually, uh, there's usually like several different tones for the same phonetical mm-hmm. sound. So from what it looked like, 
it was there were some that were going like the same for four or five times, but it didn't have any meaning. Uh, one of my aunts, who is a little bit more scholarly, thought that maybe it could have been something akin to um, old Chinese medicinal proverbs, but none of the characters made any sense at all. None of none, nothing. None of them formed actual words. So this is literally like the nineties Chinese tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no, I know everything. people with bad. I know bad. I know people with bad Chinese tattoos as so well. So do I. So do I. Uh, I would not be the Asian. one who wants to have this tattooed on them. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I, I I guess it just reminded me a little. I thought it might be like those. You know those like New Year's couplets that you see sometimes, mm-hmm. like the red ones. I was thinking maybe. I don't know, but no, apparently it's just, it's just nonsense. Maybe, yeah. I don't know, maybe, again, maybe if we did decipher this properly, maybe it's some kind of, like, cryptographical thing, and, like, then the book would but if, on But fire. if Jackie, Jackie sent the text to <laughs> a network of specialists. <laughs> this is an international operation. I, it, who, who just basically looked at it and were like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> Yeah, like, because I'll give some background because my grandfather actually used to be a school teacher in China. So even he was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, like, if that doesn't bring about an answer, I mean, also, I don't know why we're surprised. Oh, well, I'm not. I'm not. not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of was just like, I don't think it means anything. I think I, it's just the aesthetic. I mean, deep deep down, I really wanted it to be something, like, unintentionally bad. I really mm-hmm. wanted it to be. Um, I'm glad it isn't, but I, part of me was like, oh, but what if it was like, what if they just copied and pasted from a menu or something? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but... You know. Oh, that would have been funny. You know, the worst this part the... would probably be they actually went to like a bunch of Chinese restaurants and literally just took a bunch the of characters. Uh, yeah, characters <laughs> of the characters. Yeah, they literally bought, they literally took all the takeout menus and then just started like cutting and, and putting them all together. It's like, oh, this looks cool together. Can you imagine? And it though? just looks like what? It looks like one of those like, like a murderer's letter with the different magazine letters and they're just like sticking them on the page and then they write send to designer <laughs> but then Go. but then i mean but then like maybe someone in your family would have been like but why is chicken repeated like character for chicken repeated over and over again like is this is this code yeah well true. a lot of the code? characters actually so funny enough a lot of the characters in here are not are not characters representative of like a word or or an or an object or an idea they're actually they're actually um Participles, so they're only they're, they're meant to be radicals. They're supposed to combine to form actually other words, so mm-hmm. you, they can't stand alone. And when they're put in combinate in these combinations, a lot of them don't even form real words. Actually, I don't think it's just any of them did. A whole bunch of it is just like ah, it, uh, <laughs> when your connection's bad on the Zoom chat, yeah, and you can't talk. That's it's it. like an ipsum lorem, but like worse. Oh yeah, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're starting off strong. We're starting off real strong. <laughs> Um, but let's get into the text that we can read. Uh, so, we, <laughs> sorry. I mean, that came off, that came off as way saltier than I anticipated it to be. Um, put some shade on that. Yeah, I know, right? Um, I'm just gonna sprinkle some salt all over that wound. Um, but anyways, we are on places of interest, uh, cliffs of 
Tanghai. Um, a great black basalt cliff overlooking the Hangzhou River near Taitun. The cliffs were inscribed by red lightning with the words, The Path of Heaven in 440. The cliffs are considered to be the holiest place in all of Sholung, as they are a living symbol of the existence of the celestial heaven. The inscriptions, one meter high, are carved along the outer face of the cliff and cannot be, re be reached by any way short of flying. So I actually knew about this already mm -hmm. um, because actually somebody was like, hey, can you look over this and paid me to look over a fourth edition uh, character concept that they had based on this. And... So I was like, I already knew about this, but I didn't realize it went all the way back into this part. I thought it was a newer thing. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't see anything wrong with this. I mean, like, structurally, there's stuff I don't like here. But the fact that there's, like, giant, like, like red lightning inscribed characters on the side of a cliff, I think that's pretty dope. It's like the, it's like the show long version of the Hollywood sign. <laughs> um... And I get that they want to have some sort of religious beacon. Uh, so it makes sense. The The thing that I don't like here is that they just, they put in the, they say, with the words of the path of heaven in 440. So they just kind of put in an arbitrary date without establishing any sort of timeline here. Um, and you see that a lot when people write campaign settings and they try to make them seem like history books, but yeah. they're not. Um and I think that's just like needless detail because you didn't have to do that. I mean, this isn't anything up. This isn't offensive to me as an Asian. This is just offensive to me as like a as like a ar former archaeologist. It's like, <laughs> why are you putting a date there? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like saying like at the beginning of time in the year <laughs> one. Like I, I, I just don't. I just pers that's just the that's just me being nitpicky. I, I don't like that sort of thing. I don't know if any of you had any other thoughts on the cliffs. They they seem pretty. Yeah, it, it seems sort of eh. like analogous to like biblical stuff, you know. Yeah. 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 I actually. It's a sign from heaven. I actually had a question about that because this was something. Um. Well, this with dealing with Philippine mythology, we had to deal a lot with the idea of like celestial and stuff. In Chinese mm. mythology, or in, I guess in this area of Chinese mythology that this is supposed to be focused on, is there a concept of heaven? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty complicated, too. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You know, one of us actually wrote an entire adventure in Unbreakable about that, and it ended up being super, super lengthy, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, there, there is there is a very very complicated concept of heaven, mm -hmm. um, and the celestials and the gods oh, okay. and stories about heaven yeah. in Chinese culture. Very cool. very awesome. yeah. uh, extensive. Um, I mean, there is like, I mean, there there's the the whole idea of the creation myth in Chinese culture is really interesting too because it it involves like serpents. Mm -hmm. And this one goddess, Nuwa, who actually, like, literally holds up and mends the heavens. Uh, it's really cool. She's also dope. She's, like, half snake. Cool. It's pretty sick. Mm -hmm. um, anyways, let's let's keep going. So we know that the, uh, the, the cliffs are just, like, a religious symbol. It's pretty neat. Um, I like the... I, I would honestly love to see this in art form. Yeah. Like, with, with proper characters. But I, but I think it's an interesting visual. 
I, I'm just imagining uh, what it would say, though. Just Is it just like Bill and Ted, like, be excellent to one another? Be excellent. <laughs> <laughs> just carved in meteor big characters on the side of a cliff. It, it says, the cliffs were inscribed by red lightning with the words of the path of heaven. Yeah, like, what are the words of the path of heaven? What is yeah, the that path would of be heaven? nice. I, I think that would be cool to have. Um, that's just a detail that I wish they, put a, they would have put in here. Yeah, but, you know. I wish they, that they would have put that, because for now I'm just going to just sub in, be excellent to one another until someone tells me otherwise. That's what it is. Yeah, that's, that's what, it, what is. it is. That's really what Look. it is. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> it, it's much better than I was here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chad God. was a knob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And Keanu, and Keanu is, is, is Asian, so. Mm-hmm. Keanu himself came in. Keanu himself inscribed the words, be excellent, on a cliff. Oh. I would love to see Keanu Reeves play D&D. Yeah. Yeah. What? I mean, we could maybe make, I don't know. I think we need, like, a few of the connections, maybe, but we could try. There were, there were so many, like... Imagine having like a round table of Asian celebrities playing D and D. I mean, mm-hmm. Erica, like Erica Ishii is putting together like a Dungeons and Democrats campaign, and Anthony Yang is in on it. So like, yeah. mm-hmm. so like, I'm just saying yeah. it's possible. So like, so like, what if it was like you had like Keanu Reeves, Dave Bautista, Simu Liu, Michelle Yeoh. Oh man, I grew up and, watching Michelle Yeoh. And my <laughs> and my wild card and my wild card, Aquafina, all playing <laughs> GT together. Would be so much fun to play with. I, I right, think she, I, yeah, I think that'd be, be awesome. So much fun. Just, just yeah. all the chaos. Randall Park would also <laughs> I, be a lot of fun. Oh, Randall Park would be and and Ali Wong. There's mm-hmm. so many, but like for me, my my must haves like I Keanu Reeves got to be there. <laughs> And I, I think Dave Batista would be super good. I play D and D. Also, Dave Batista is just super cool. Yes. Um, but anyways, let's let's move on. Uh, Fortress of Kwai. The Fortress of Kwai. Sorry, I don't know why I said it that way. <laughs> the text makes you. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. It may. The Fortress of Kwai is located at the center of the old imperial capital of Sifeng. Um, it is a massive construction of stone blocks, each block far too heavy for any hundred men to lift. What? So that's why they got a hundred and one men <laughs> each block. Oh, oh, okay, we'll get. We'll go back to that. We'll go okay. back to that one. We can archaeology okay. that one. We can arch- we'll, We should archaeology that one because they're they're doing a thing here that they consistently do in Asian products. But we'll finish the paragraph because I want us to beat our personal best which is a page at five lines okay, <laughs> okay. page and six let's lines go, let's go let's go um, we can do it <laughs> legend has it that the second emperor chin of the ho dynasty employed a family oh come on mackenzie um, well, i'm just sorry i'm just the names sometimes get me <laughs> um employed a family of giants from the wilds of Corio to raise the blocks of the fortress at his death, the emperor had the giants seal his body within the fortress with a great stone block. It is said that any man who can lift the block will find the treasure of the second emperor 
buried with him, as well as the magic ring he used to control his unwilling giant servants. Okay, let's talk about that one. Oof. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot going on there. First, first of all, um, the first bit does the the thing that I that like so many of these products are guilty of, and it's taking something that would have occurred in the West or would have occurred in Europe and just making it so, so, so exotic. It's like, ah, uh, yes, the people drank water. What? But, instead of, but, but it's, <laughs> it says, the people consumed the liquid of the streams and the lakes and the ocean. Uh, it's just like, oh, God. Right? The people captured the rain and consumed it to nourish their bodies. They drank water. Uh, this one is like, they, they used massive stone blocks to build a fortress. Um, that's how it reads at the beginning. Uh, far too heavy for any hundred men to lift. They're just, just say giant stone blocks. You, you can just apply this to Stonehenge. Like it's just, yeah, it's Stonehenge. just Stonehenge. It's just Stonehenge. Or, or you know what? Why are you getting people to lift them when you could use engineering? And that's all, the thing. Like cough, cough. The pyramids of Egypt. All of yeah. these like big structures or things that are like mind blowing. How did they do it? It's like there are so many ways to do it. <laughs> Yeah. Like yeah. we need to stop mystifying some of this. Like, yeah. Also, we are playing in a fantasy game where magic exists, so I don't understand why they have to put so much emphasis on physical labor when everything's solved with magic. Like, it's oh, one hundred men couldn't lift this one block. It's like, <laughs> I, I, child is I, like I, I will help you. And it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> but, but here's the thing: like, like, what about like uh, a really good one is the um, Easter Island heads. Yeah. yeah, have you seen have you seen the uh, the working hypotheses on how they moved them? Yeah, well, they, no. they walked them. You're they not asking them. me. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not asking you, Emma. I know you know this, but they walked them, like walked. Oh, so just they like they just like did the thing. Like I do. No, no, they they had you know there are these big stone structures and they wrapped cordage around them and they literally pulled from side to side and they literally wobble yeah so they wobbled yeah. them all wobbled the way through like when you're moving your fridge out of place yeah just you, like yeah, yeah when i'm moving Skidget my furniture side to side. Yeah. yeah yeah so yes like people could not have lifted the moai heads but they wobbled them which like, is pretty valid I, I'm Which also super valid. I'm also getting like major Aowen vibes. It's like 100 men couldn't lift us, but one woman. I am the <laughs> <I am laughs> <no man. laughs> women lifting. Yeah. This giant rock. Uh, we joke, but that's going to probably come up in this campaign setting. Oh, I'm before. sure. Oh yeah, man. anything is possible. Yeah, it's current. When you don't oh. care about yeah <laughs> a lot of things. But yeah. Oh, I just I just got Mulan vibes, and I'm just like, oh, it made me angry. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I yeah, I feel that. <laughs> uh, I won't continue talking about Mulan anymore. Uh, anyways, um, then we kind of go into this idea that they took, and if we if we refer back to our map, um, Corio is uh, just on the stream. Corio is in the top right of the map, and then Sholung is this massive. Based on like the colors, desert region here, mm-hmm. uh, which is odd. I'll share the uh, the map in our Zoom chat for everyone. But but the colors are odd. Um, I have concern. I'm going to I'm <laughs> going to ask my cartographer friend about that one. But they basically say that they literally took a family of giants, mm-hmm. controlled them, 
against their will with a magical ring and force them to do slave labor. Well, which is funny because it, they start the sentence with employed and then employed. end with in unwilling. And I'm like... Unwilling. Hmm. I think they used... They were basically like, how do we... They went on Google, or I guess not at the time. They, they opened up their thesaurus, and they looked up a synonym for got to work. And they picked employed. That, as a former HR person, uh, <laughs> <laughs> familiar with labor law. Like, uh. so, somebody in the chat, I, I have to say, I have to call this out because this is so great. Dealer Umbra in our Twitch chat just said, the map of Sholung is aggressively beige. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's really it is. beige. Yes. I'm not even joking. It's like an old Navy khaki commercial. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, yeah, sorry, I had to call that one out because that was excellent. But yeah, if, if this this whole Fortress of Kwai is really weird because A, it doesn't make sense, and B, it, it's kind of icky. It's also yeah. encouraging um, uh, tomb raiding. And yeah, that's raiding. what I was going to say. It's like, just mm-hmm. try yeah. it. <laughs> also, it's just like, it is said that any man who can lift the block will find the treasure. Why don't you just blow it up? Again, mag- Heinrich- we're playing in a game with magic. What? what? Or, <laughs> or use magic. Yeah, I was like, or, or gunpowder. Yeah, or gunpowder. Which we, like, all, which, which pl- this Asian thing should have plenty of. Yeah, I mean, there was a really famous, and I say this with air quotes for people listening to the audio, archaeologist named Heinrich Schliemann who, oh, did, no. who did just that. Um, do I know Emma knows, but Mackenzie, Jackie, or Michelle, do you know who Heinrich Schliemann is? No. Sounds familiar. I am. He is an archaeologist yeah. who who basically claimed to find the city of Troy. Yes. <laughs> in in Hisarlik in Turkey. And in order to get to it, it was a it was a tell, so it was like a big hill formed from successive occupations. He used dynamite and blew his way down to where he thought it would be and he just blew up entire cities to get there. Wow. So yeah. Heinrich Schliemann. And could have done that to get to the Emperor's treasure here. But, but I-, I I think it's they're they're this is the uh, a kind of way you see campaign settings kind of throwing in plot hooks and uh, in place of real meaningful world building. It's like, yes, the emperor had the giants put his body here, and it is said that the second emperor has a magic ring that is stored within the tomb. And if you want a ring to control unwilling giants, you should break into this tomb. But that doesn't tell us more about the fortress. Like, what was the fortress used for? Yeah, right. A like, fortress has a purpose. What? Why was it there? Yeah, and right now this fortress is just a tomb. So really, it should just be the mausoleum of yeah, of yeah, Kauai. of the second emperor Chin. Yeah. I, I so I uh, yeah, no words. Yeah, I. <laughs> it's also like yeah. The the Emperor Qin of the Ho Dynasty. I part of me is like, what if you just did the the Emperor of the Qin Dynasty and just done yeah, just, that? Just left it there. Just left it there. Just yeah. left it there. It's cool. I I. But anyways, this is yeah. a naming thing. I I I mean, I am interested. Like, this is yay giants. They exist. The giants exist in in Chinese mythology. They are a thing. Oh no, yeah. they are a thing. But it's like this, yeah. this is our first time we've seen it in this world. Oh yeah, like, it's like, all of a sudden it's like giants. Oh by right the now, way, we, giants. Oh by oh, the way. Oh by the way, giants. But it's also it's by the way in the uh, where is it? 
in the wilds of fantasy Korea, there are yep. just giants walking I, I around still... that you can enslave. And they have families. And they have families, which is a big thing here. I'm still not over the fact that Korea, fantasy Korea, is just... It's just choreo. Yeah. That choreo. gets me yeah. every time. Every yep. single time. Also, it's most of it is just a mountain. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love this, Korea. The map and is one literally mountain. Yeah, yeah. The map for for that area is literally just mountains. <laughs> it's well, about, well, it's and mountains like, and a, some giants living on them, presumably. And the I think the yeah. giants live in the wilds, so well, they, they yeah. probably live in the the green parts. But yeah, I mean, the map itself has so many problems. I get the mountains part of Kozakura because I mean, like Japan, it's a volcanic island chain, so it makes sense. Uh, but with this level of detail, it just it looks unplayable because it's like, oh yes, everything is a mountain. And if you were reading this, you'd be like, oh yeah, you can't farm here; it's all stone. Because because that's how it looks. It's also like tiny. It's really tiny. Like they <clears throat> like they only use like one part of actual Korea. <laughs> yeah, I I, I don't like know what they they're laid, doing here. Like <sighs> they took a map of real life, like of that actual section of the world and then just scribbled the actual outlines with <laughs> jagged lines to be like and oh, now yeah, it's yeah. slightly different <clears throat> mm-hmm. and there's just the choice of colors like yes there's the aggressively beige sholung but then there's also sections that are like white and I know they don't mean those to be icy because in the mountains you actually see ice uh, uh, so. yeah I think uh, those are deserts but is it the beige or the desert that's the thing. Is <laughs> beige like the ton? No. Is it like flood? See, it's weird. It, There's... It's around rivers, isn't it? So is that floodlands? Maybe. I'm. Well, they have marshland gonna... depictions because there's like the little gray greenish patches with the little uh, little bumps are supposed to be the marshlands. So I'm going to look for a map. Okay, so I've just found a... Uh... Where did this go? Also, there's a lot of problems with the font, but one of them is just <laughs> that the T looks like a C. So in the bottom left corner of the map, there is something that's Petan, and it looks like Pecan. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. It does. It does. Yes, it does. Welcome to Pecan. <laughs> oh, man. Welcome to Pecan. <laughs> Oh, let's not forget, like, there's their, I'm going to assume, their fantasy analog to Tibet, and they just called it Tabot. They did. <laughs> oh. They did. Yeah, it's kind of nestled in the mountains and the, the that's, west. That's very similar to that women's brand, shop clothing brand, Tal- Talbots? Talbot. Tal- Talbots. Talbots, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Go there, find some business casual. <laughs> There's, there's there's a lot wrong with this map. We we should look at the map on a different day when we find a like a really nice high quality version. I because we did an a whole episode. Map. Can you send the link? Oh, yes, yeah. I can. <laughs> that was said with oh. such a glutton for punishment. Can you send the link? <laughs> it's like can you... it's in the Zoom chat. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. There are even some areas labeled with names. <laughs> this was oh, done wow. by I think this was done by a fan who was French. Um, oh wow. Okay. Because I've okay. d- I've used this site before for um for Forgotten Realms before they, because they do other interactive uh, Forgotten Realms maps. Oh yeah, some of this is in French. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Huh. I'm wondering where the island kingdoms are supposed to be. 
Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm kind of looking for. <laughs> uh, there's Kozakura, I... there's Wa, there's Talmaru. Yeah, but the island kingdoms don't have a name. They're just the island kingdoms. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Where are well, they? Well, even on the um, <clears throat> even on the um, the big map, I don't think they're on here on this interactive map. Like it never got added in because even in the um, the I- the island kingdoms are added are kind of like an appendix for the map itself because they're like because the full map I believe has. Like, it's kind of like how in the U.S. map you have also, uh, Alaska and Hawaii just randomly shoved in on a corner, like, from because they're far away. And so that's what they did with the Island Kingdoms. Uh. Uh, I went on the Forgotten Realms wiki and there isn't even a picture. New. No. Yay. Oh. Yeah. Oh, here that's I found, just, that, I found that's a little a... bit of the Outer Islands. <laughs> God. Even yeah, in there fantasies, is at the, very bottom. the Filipinos are left out. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be in the southeast. That's what it says. It's a yeah. small group of islands in the far southeast of Karatour. I'm assuming that Bawa is a part of it. It's on the bottom right of the map. Yeah, there's a whole yeah. bunch of map. islands over here with, like, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that. Ugh, that's kind of just, like, another... Another example of just how people treat Southeast Asia in fiction. Yeah. Yay! Yay! Yeah. But, <laughs> but let's move on. Let's move on. So we've done the Cliffs of Tanghai, which is uh, not that honestly not that bad. Um, the Fortress of Kwai is just. It should have just been renamed the Mausoleum of Kwai, and you could have made the Emperor a villain. Um, uh, but now it's the Impossible Palace of the Silver Domes. Impossible. <laughs> Are we gonna do this entire? Tyree through in like movie th- uh, like movie trailer announcer voice now. Sure, I could do that. <laughs> the Impossible Palace of the Silver Domes is a legendary palace which appears at random times all over the empire. Solid. It is most often seen in times of great strife within Sholung. Many parties have attempted to enter its eight great domed sections, only to disappear forever. Okay. The Impossible Palace is as I may lung. Oh, now they bring in the, the... I forgot that this is written by somebody for Volo. It's all one giant quote. It's for all for yeah. Elminster. It's all written for Elminster. Oh, for Sorry, Elminster. not Volo. Elminster. That's right. Because Volo would make um, it worse. <laughs> oh, Volo. Um, as I, Mei Lung, have mentioned earlier, my home. Wait. Uh, he lives oh, in okay. oh, that's Hills? He, uh, apparently he does. Apparently he does. Where did he mention yeah. it earlier, though? Th- that's what I uh, want to know. Ba- <laughs> I-, I I'm wondering if like maybe uh, I'm just checking at the beginning. I- I'm wondering like maybe if it- if it isn't there, maybe it got edited out. Perhaps like it might have been edited out because it's not in the beginning. Yeah, I-, yeah. I feel like it's one of those things where somebody was assigned a section and it's like here, write this, and post editing, cross editing stuff got cut out and forgot and got left out or and forgot about. I mean, to be fair, like I, I feel that one. That's a big writing a book in general mood. Mm-hmm. It just something slip through, mm-hmm. no matter how many times you read it. Yeah, yeah even if they're just one page after the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It does so, undermine the narrator's ability to recollect things just a, just a little bit, though, which is oh great, we got the, the Asian narrat- bolo. Oh no, the narrator oh, no. is a. 
the, the narrator is an Asian Time Lord, and this is the TARDIS. Uh, yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, um, let's see. The, uh, as a rule, I do not take kindly to strangers invading my home for any reason, and have been known to eat most parties of adventurers who do so. Hold up. I move the... Wait. Uh, <laughs> I think the... I think Mei Lung is a dragon. Okay, because... Okay. I guess <laughs> yeah, so. Because they say that your guide is the great dragon lord Mei Lung. Okay. Totally. It, so it wasn't was a, title, a title. It was literally. A, like I thought. I thought it was a title, but it's they're they're literally a dragon. He's a straight up dragon. Okay. Okay. So this is this isn't like Doctor Who meets Hannibal. It's just. It's, oh god. <laughs> this is like oh there's god. a reason they're never seen again when they go into this. In, in all of time and space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So Melung confirmed it's a dragon. I guess they're going off of Long, which is literally the Chinese word for dragon. Um, and, and his name yeah. literally means beautiful dragon. Okay. Yeah. Which? Well, sure. I mean, he's a handsome oh. boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, okay. Um, and he eats people. Let's. Uh, I I move the palace magically from time to time to avoid this very thing. Most of the time, it is located at the bottom of a river or in a remote location. That's so specific. Oh. Don't come after me, but if you do. <laughs> but if you do, uh, I'll so be at the bottom of a river or somewhere remote. I also Thanks. should not have probably put this into the text I'm writing for Elminster. But, you know, <laughs> like, the first, Elminster's welcome. The first paragraph and the second clash, like the first one's yeah. like an outside factual yep. narrator or just like, here's what it is. And then it's like, oh, hey, I'm Mei Long. It's yeah, not it's actually such- random. It doesn't yeah. show Don't up come at times here or, or else to, if, you, if you come here, I'll nom you. Don't yeah. I feel like, like this is one of those serious. bits where that should that entire paragraph should have been like, you know, a sidebar text. Like, you know, when I'm thinking of like how yeah. Bolos is done, it's done the same way where it's like, that should have been a sidebar. <laughs> yeah, like, honestly, I thought like that, like how they do the red text or the blue mm-hmm. text in the L5R core rule book. Yeah. Honestly, it might have been even cool. It's like, oh, I probably shouldn't have written this for you, Elminster. Now you know where I live. Be careful or else I'll eat you. <laughs> Don't come yeah, over. Yeah, that would require Don't personality to this narrator. And they don't have personality other than being Asian. It's true. And also, Mei Lung is now portrayed to be inhospitable because he doesn't like, well, he doesn't like visitors. Yeah. Because the... Because the foreign visitors don't take their shoes off. <laughs> well, it, it kind of. I'm, I'm waiting until they write about that. It also <laughs> creates another like hook, right? Where it's like, come, come find the eight domed pa- like palace where Mei Lung lives and try not to get eaten. But here's the thing: let's if you are the domes the rest- yeah. concentric circles. Wait. Is that the problem? <laughs> well, that's, that's how they don't notice. Well, that's how, that's how Mei Lung cooks people who come here because they burst into flame. Anyways, uh, here's the thing that's wrong with this, other than the fact that it makes no sense and is really stupid. Um, there is one time when the palace is most accessible, and that is when a great danger faces the Empire. While I am prohibited from directly taking a hand in the affairs of men, I am allowed to make available information, weapons, or spells to those brave enough to enter my doors. I deal with each transgressor in a different way. Some I ask riddles. Others I, spend great, I, I send great monsters against. 
Occasionally, as in the case of the hero Wo Mei, I merely talk to them, discussing the classic works and current events. Until I have divined the true nature of the one I am dealing with, each of my tests is different. But be warned! The superior man knows when he faces certain death, and it is certain death to disturb my privacy without reason. And that's it. That is the impossible palace. So much of it doesn't make sense. I mean, yeah, it, like, so... But also, like, if Meilong is supposed to be, like, the one recording everything and knows everything, essentially, what is happening? Because it sounds like he's just in his castle playing tricks on people. <laughs> well, here's the thing, it's like, I, you know what, like, I'm prohibited from taking a hand at the affairs of men, but if people come to me, I'll give you dope magic weapons yeah. and spells. It's I'm like, I'm Merlin, but Asian! <laughs> I'm Asian Merlin. Oh my gosh, yeah, so I'm just saying, it seems like a wizard, like a wizard in their tower, just being like, I can't do anything, but if you show up, maybe I'll, I don't know. Yeah. I'll give I you riddles! And until the plot allows me to. <laughs> or I like you. Yeah. yeah. You seem cool, have a spell. <laughs> yeah, or it's just like, oh, answer me these questions three. Air the other side, he sees. <laughs> it's, it's just one hundred percent that. Yep. Um, or it's just like, you enter the doors. Ah, uh, that's a dope-looking axe. Boss fight, and then I'll give you stuff. Uh, like, what else is here? What what makes the palace impossible other than the fact that it magically teleports? Yeah, like if it was literally the TARDIS, where it's like in. TARDIS lore where there's just infinite rooms spanning and interconnected where you, you can't have any sense of direction ever it's like okay yeah that makes sense or if like the impossible palace was literally like a mega dungeon that just teleports right. all over the place for people to discover but right now it's literally just like for some reason there's a palace and a dragon lives there alone with a collection of magical weapons and spells to give to people who are brave. find them yeah for good reason and, and, yeah, this is just like, a, hey, if you're the GM and your players are lost in the desert and they've got an epic quest, maybe they'll find the impossible palace. But but it, it suffers from the same problems that the Fortress of Kwai does in that it doesn't tell you anything about the palace itself and what it does. It just gives you a a really boring plot hook. Yeah, or not even a plot hook, uh, an encounter. Yeah, it's a, it serves as like a deus ex machina sort of like plot point where, yeah, like I exactly like if you're, oh, gosh, you know, like this particular evil is ravaging the land. What can we do? Like, oh, the silver palace. And we must answer all these tricksy questions. It's like the inverse of Danny the Street um, in, in the sense that like it's it, it can appear anywhere and it can be like a little random but it's just inhospitable and really terrible and i i i understand yeah. why they left it a little bit vague because i think that they want the gm to sort of supply their own ideas of what could happen inside this domed palace but it it seems like a lot of wasted opportunity like i could see this maybe like being developed into something more interesting um like also what does this look like it's just silver domes what what does that mean and, like, if it appears in, if it's just, like, Grand Palace for a large dragon. Oh, and now in my head it was like, oh, it's Eddie Murphy. Um, 
but but what if but but how does this appear though because right. it's like oh it, it's like in remote locations there's silver domes and it's just like everybody from afar can see these silver domes and now there's like all this political turmoil and strife and war and they're like oh silver domes we all know where that is the impossible palace let's go there but also think of the footprint it leaves every time it shows up somewhere (laughs) right true Right. Well, I mean, like it could do a Danny the Street thing where it just appears, you know, like anyone doesn't. Oh, if, uh, just in case if everyone doesn't know what Danny the Street is, it's a anthropomorphized street from DC Comics that, um, yeah, yeah, just can appear anywhere and sort of integrates itself seamlessly into places. So uh, themselves integrate in, into places. Sorry, wrong pronouns, but um, it could. I I don't think that that's particularly too far fetched. I think mm-hmm. it's just like really lazy writing if it yeah. wasn't what if it wasn't a what if it wasn't a uh, like a palace and it was a shop yes or yeah right the, like that might make more sense because that's literally what this is you get information weapons spells and then maybe you get eaten by the shopkeeper yeah which is also very right? valid and what if Mei Lung just appears throughout Sho Lung like sure you want to have this character that appears everywhere why would they have like this really, really extra palace? What if it was a shop that it just appears in little towns or a traveling merchant, right? Um, who always who looks different every single time, but has some sort of twinkle in their eyes, or that has this certain hair, or wears a certain pendant or something, right? And then maybe over time the characters are like, wait, I've seen that before. Who is that? What is that pendant? Or what is what is that brooch? What is that that thing you have in your hair? Um, but no, it's just this like whole ass palace. Really, whole ass palace made of silver domes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we I find out later trying. it's all concentric circles, and that's why we're oh all doomed. <laughs> and that's that's yeah. how it erases its footprint. Its footprint looks like the, the cursed map, and every time it teleports, oh it's like, oh, this can't exist. <laughs> but it, it's sort of. I think that's one of the weaknesses as to why this particular concept is so poorly executed because it's trying to be two things at once right it's trying to be both like a place where you can go and get information and whatnot but it's also supposed to be like this mis- like this this trial like that you're supposed to go through and it appears at certain times there's not it, it sort of undermines its own mystery in, in a weird way um I, it's just if it, i think of it focused on like either being just a labyrinthine place that shows up sometimes like um a random rift in Diablo or something like that or yeah. mm-hmm. or or just a mysterious shop I think that 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 would be much more well like efficiently organized like and defined as a concept as opposed to like something that's trying to be too much of several things it's an either or sort of thing mm-hmm. yeah I wonder if they were like oh impossible palace we'll just rip off the forbidden city um but I'm still waiting to see what the <laughs> Michelle your face. <laughs> I'm just waiting to see what the capital's going to be because we haven't even got there yet. It's just like nope. places of interest. Yeah. Like, like because we have Keratin, which is definitely not the capital. It's a swamp city. I know. I we have Kuomeiland, which is me every time. Yeah, and the Kuomeiland is just like you can't go there because there's just monsters there. And uh, Pinchao is Nerd city. just like. Yeah. It's Kumon uh, Center. City. It's, it's Kumon. Yeah. yeah. Kumon and, then, and Boba. So, so we have like... <laughs> you know, that so we, so we, Right? It's like we have like Swamp City, Bone Pile City, Kumon, Hollywood Hills, and 
this tomb, and then a palace that may or may not be there. Don't go there. Yeah. Where do the people live? Nowhere, apparently. <laughs> um, you gotta be spread out, have... or else that palace might just show up on top of your house. <laughs> that, that's it, too. Yeah. I mean, um, they also just don't talk a lot about, like, living in this area. They don't really talk well, about, like, environment or climate or lifestyle other than, like, this is a swamp city. This city is dead. And that's, like, that doesn't that doesn't really portray a semblance of life or existence outside of an outsider coming in. And that's mm-hmm. that's a problem. And that points to a big problem in, like, Orientalist things, where things don't exist until someone discovers it. Yeah. And it's it's also just not how you build a world. Like, what do the people do? What do the people believe in? Like, how would you structure this? Like, in their case, they're like, it is I, narrator. I'm actually a dragon. You'll find out on the next page. Um, surprise. Here are some things. Yeah. Surprise. Here are some things that I think are really cool. And it reads like a like a GM's notebook yeah. rather than an actual guide to a world, a living, breathing world. Yeah, and the thing is, like, the faith, like, the religions and faith thing, that's, like, an entirely different section in this chapter for Sulong, and they have sections for commerce as well, and why did they put history in the far end of it? I don't know why. Uh, oh, okay, cool. We're gonna get to some history at some point. So, again, this don't is... Don't be stru- that excited. <laughs> <laughs> Let me have this, dreams, This is a Jackie, structure please. issue. <laughs> Dream of, you know... A good campaign setting <laughs> set in in Asia. Oh wait, Sina Una exists. Uh, to be fair, it's not all of Asia. It's specifically the Philippines. It's, it's true, and it, that's how it should. Honestly, do you think that's how it should be? Do you you want to have we? I feel like everybody always asks. Is like one of the the main questions I get asked is Daniel, would you remake Caratour? And every single time I say no. Right? There's a lot of baggage there. A, there's a lot of baggage. Like, if you remake this, people will expect the cliffs of Tanghai to be there, the fortress of Kwai to be there, right? But, I mean, reworked, but still. that You still have to deal with the legacy of this. On top of that, you have to deal with the expectation that there will be elements of Chinese culture, Japanese culture, Korean culture, um, the cultures of Southeast Asia, as this book says, mm-hmm. um, right? And they're doing something that's, you know, specific to maybe a historical time period mm-hmm. or a you know a particular region like the Philippines yeah. or just China or Japan or Korea seems much more easier to do right that's a big thing and, and a lot of people a lot of people fail to understand how cultures interact with one another and how to portray cultural interaction and they do that really poorly i've i don't think i've ever read a book that's done that really well but anyways, uh, we're on the Temple of Shy Guy. Is that Shy Guy's that cousin? Yeah. Pull out a Shy Guy. Just just pulls out size. I'm Shy Guy. Size. I just. Oh, sorry. I'm just I'm just a guy who sighs. Um, With size. The, the Temple of Shy Guy is located deep within the mountain forest of. U U I. It's a really weird apostrophes. Fantasy apostrophes. apostrophes. The, uh, uh, I feel like what have you said this last time? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Fantasy apostrophe usage, just littered everywhere. I am. Excuse me, sir, you yeah. dropped this okay. apostrophe. The mountain forest of UI near the city of Tai Chan. Which would have been great if they actually told us about Tai Chan. Right? Yeah, it's like, here's a reference point that you actually have no context for. I'm just going to quickly, you know what? I'm just going to, oops, undo Tai Chan. I don't know if it's in the interactive map. Tai... What? Tai Chan isn't mentioned until page 13 of the PDF, and it's a tiny little note. Oh, jeez. And it just says it's in the UI province, and it says Tai Chan, a small, heavily defended garrison town, has maintained a fierce independence from the bureaucracy, from the bureaucracy, for the past 20 years. And then it goes into the Temple of Saigai. It's only mentioned twice. Right wow. here in this apparently place of great interest, and then in a little footnote, basically. I don't think that's interesting, then. <laughs> no, it's not, no, it's not. And look, the temple is of... Grammar here. The temple is of great stone blocks and is roughly squared. Its surfaces are covered with strange inscriptions in characters unknown to all but Wu Zhen. Its inner walls are covered with carvings of bizarre creatures who resemble something halfway between men and beasts. The temple has been there for as uh, has been here as long as anyone can recall and is described in Tabotan. What is Tabotan? I think that's it's fantasy Tibetan. Tibetan? Tab- yeah. Oh yeah, but, no, but I'm saying like but but I'm saying is like they haven't mentioned what the fantasy Tibet yeah. is here. Have they mentioned um, what Wu Zhen are? I forget if uh, yeah no, but they mentioned Wu Jen though in the Oriental Adventures Handbook. Ah, I see. So, I mean, it's safe to assume that you should have read both. They're making that assumption, so okay. I'll give them that. Okay. Um, they're they're a character class. They're magic users. Um, uh, and is described in tablets and records that go back as far as eight thousand years. That's it. And then if we go to page thirteen, they don't really say much more on it. Um, they say. Uh, the Temple of Saigai, a massive palace of worship built by unknown peoples over 8,000 years ago, still dominates the icy high pass. It has been long deserted. The entire pass is believed uh, the den of some evil horror. So those two pieces together are what we have right now. I'm just... That just sounds so interesting. Honestly, <laughs> the thing I'm stuck on is that if, if you read the section starting from the Temple is of Great Stone Blocks... Um, and ends is like has been here as long as anyone can recall, and you take out the the reference to Wu Jen. That could describe like Daedalus's labyrinth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there. Yeah. It's, it's but they do it in that they do it again in that way of oh it's so exotic there's creatures that are halfway between man and beast you know like. Uh, I mean <laughs> it's it's here's the thing though if they had looked into any sort of anything in Chinese culture you would know that like Chinese people had like a there was like a lot of knowledge or writing about half person half animal creatures and that's the thing Um, here they do the same they make the same mistake as the fortress of Kwai and they're like great stone blocks roughly squared 
Wow. Like what? Like wow. what? Other, what you just it's a, it's a block. What other <laughs> what other shape could it possibly be? It's like roughly squared. It's like sure. It's like maybe square, maybe, maybe. less rectangular. Um, what? And then it's, it's like a parallelogram. The, it's its surfaces are covered with strange inscriptions and characters unknown to all but Wu Jen. Here's the thing. This thing has existed for a thousand years. Nobody has thought to go and look into this. Nobody has thought to do some research. It's just like, oh, straight. Yeah, it, it's maybe, got, sure, yeah. sure. Maybe people can't read it, but it's like, hey, that's just the Wu Jen writing. It almost has like a weird Lovecraftian sort of like, like weird like air to it in the sense of like they're roughly squared. It just reminds me of like non-Euclidean geometry. Yeah. What is Ooh. that? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> this temple, like, we don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, the lumpy but also just like aliens built it. Yeah. Oh. That's just like too. Yeah. Oh. But it's also thing. just like the. the Oh, go, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I cut you off first, so I'm going to stop. Oh. <laughs> go ahead, I, Michelle. Um, but it's also just like the, the unknown writings. I'm just like, oh, my God, this is just Lovecraft. Like, the sense of just like, it, it's unknown and it's mysterious. Who knows what it could read? And then some like, Wu Jen comes along and is like, yeah, let's just be excellent to one another once again. <laughs> no, even worse, it's literally like in a, in a very intricate bowel recipe, and that's yes! really what it is. Yes! Okay, but that would be super cool, though. That would be so that's rad. Would it's like an eight thousand year old recipe. Hey, Emma, remember those? Uh, there's an remember those ancient noodles in that Neolithic site? Yeah, the millet noodles in China. The millet noodles. Yeah. So, so this this happened in real life everyone there was actually an archaeological site and uh i forget where it is it, i forget what it's called it's in china and um there was like a mudslide that destroyed a house and the family had actually been eating dinner and they literally stacked their bowls and when the archaeologists were pulling the bowls apart one of the bowls had ancient noodles in it i'm just imagining now like someone getting mad at that kid for not finishing yeah. all the <laughs> it's like how dare you waste food yeah i'm gonna try to find it yeah. um and then i'll share there's it. lots of fun instances of like prepared foods being found preserved well enough that you can recreate the recipe so yeah, yeah the, the one from where i work the jomon period in japan they have cookies well they call them cookies for cute reasons, but they're essentially like walnut paste, uh, deer blood, a bit of meat, and I think some other things, but they're like little biscuits <laughs> that were cooked on a fire and preserved somewhere. And uh, you can find like reconstruction recipes for them if you feel like dealing with some blood cookies. Yeah, there's, there's some really excellent blood YouTube channels cookies. like Taste of History that actually goes into some of that stuff. Um, yeah. And... It's it's pretty interesting. It's also like sometimes like uh, like well, some... I actually I spent like two months watching Victorian cooking uh, like channels. Like they actually did tra tra traditional Victorian st um, techniques and everything. And so, do you watch Mrs. Crocum? Yes, I do. <laughs> the Gentle oh Shade. Oh, so some much shade! People it's so steam puddings in, in their turban kettle. It's it's the best kind of shade you ever want in a cooking show. Well, I guess I know what I'm doing. <laughs> the turban episode is good. 
Yes. So yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna as as producer I'm gonna pull us back in. Sure. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, thank you. We, Sorry. We, we we have to finish more than a page <laughs> yeah. in five lines. Come on, we can <laughs> yeah. do it. We got forty minutes. We can do so, it. So so we've established that like of the of the three places of interest we've read, so there are only well, there are four places of interest. That's it. In all of Sholung, they have listed four places of interest. Three of them are garbage. There's not a lot of information for, and there's most there's no. not a lot. No, I'm I'm not interested in really any of them except for the cliffs because I think there's there's some cool stuff you could do with the cliffs. Yeah, and, and, and Sholung like, is the largest is the largest country in the entire map. It's aggressively beige. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's what that's what our chat said. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so good. Um, but anyways, let's let's go to monasteries oh. and temples of the Sholung priesthood oh. because. Sweet. That first, yeah. that first half of a sentence. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's do this. <clears throat> um, the way of the monk is a narrow way, for he must follow the path. No matter how narrow the path, it may t- sorry, I'm, I'm struggling. <laughs> um, it may it may take many branchings before reaching its destination. This is the way of it among the Sholing. I feel like How many more drinking? times must they say way in this? Yeah, I'm just like saying. So, section. so it's good that we're not making this a drinking game because it would have been like five shots. Oh my god! <laughs> While the priests of the way are usually wandering Shugenja, except they say Shukenja, <laughs> um, uh, known as Dangki or Wu Jen, aloof in their mysteries and strong in power the backbone of faith is the priesthood of the Sholing. these monks and temple warriors wander the lands doing good or gather together in great temples and monks that's all they do they just they wander around do good deeds and they just gather in groups be mysterious you know be mysterious <laughs> oh look it's the it's the it's the asian equivalent of, of the harpers God. Oh. Except they don't sing, apparently. Uh, yeah, also, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I mean, maybe this is like the social, that like the community, like, community good part of communities, I guess. I don't know. Maybe they, they're like, this is where the community center is. It's actually just the double. And <laughs> the community these, center. It's like, call the midwife. They go out and they're just like, ah, oh, distributing good good vibes and general awesomeness amongst people. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying. Just, uh, here, I'm here's trying. the thing. It's just like, like the way of the monk is a narrow way. How narrow is this way? What is that? What is that? What are you trying to say there? And, and for he must follow the path. What is? The Why path? does it have to be described as narrow? Uh, um, I think it has to do with the fact because even in AD and D, trying to be metaphorical. I know, I know, but mechanic. Yeah. I think they're trying to tie it in mechanically because back even in AD and D, monks were mechanically required to be lawful in some alignment form. Yeah. And so to them, it's like, you must be lawful. So it's a very, it's a very construed path that you must uphold. It's like, that's not how that works. But then they say it may take many branchings before reaching the destination. So it's like, you've got this like one way and then it just goes, (laughs) (laughs) but then it comes back together. And then it comes back. And it's always narrow. Uh, It's my toes. Every branch is like literally very narrow all the time. Like yeah. the roots Mysterious. of a carrot. I don't know. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> what? what kind of carrots are you eating? <laughs> so, you know what do you, sorry, you, know what do you like? 
Sorry, so you know when you like, it's, maybe it's not a carrot, I'm just thinking, you know when you like sprout a veggie inside yeah. a glass after you, and it's got the tiny yes. little roots? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like that. Yeah, yeah okay. okay. They're like seedlings. The seedlings. Um, and then they go into this this whole thing about the priests. They're like, yes, Shugenja and Wujen. And I'll like, We've already talked about Shigenja and Wujen in our Oriental Adventures read-through, so I don't want us to dwell on that because they are, like, combining, like, weird Chinese mysticism mysticism with, like, very niche Japanese um, mysticism as well and religion into one. We've already talked about that at length, so I don't want us to get caught on that. But here they're just saying, like, these priests, they just, they're, they're temple warriors and monks, and they go out and do good deeds or gather together in great temples and monasteries. And that's just like a really, what a waste. They're either alone or they're all together. <laughs> and, 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 and apparently they're when, they're, and when they're together, they don't do anything other than just they don't like, do anything. They just, they just, they just gather. <laughs> they just gather. It's just like, they just go like, hey, Jeff. Hey, Chad. How's it going? Hey, Brad. Oh, you know, mysterious. What's up, Kelsey? How you quads? And they're just like hanging out. Did, did, I mean, yeah, because it's like, what do you, what do they do when they gather together? Like, there there has to be something. They can't. It's like it's like it's worse than just like a, a it's worse than like a meeting. Like half of the meetings are just like hey hey, and it's just everyone hey. just <laughs> yeah. It's 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 dumb. And the, but they're trying to make them sound different, mysterious, and exotic to the reader. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's the highlight uh, of each this temp- section. Just everything trying to sound different and mysterious and exotic, but they're. Not, but they're not. They're not. Each temple is a place of worship, open to common people, and also a place where relics of the immortals and sages are displayed. Temples are usually located within a city of some size. Cool. Yeah. I, okay. Um, most are. Te- this is the the same thing as the Oriental Adventures chapter that says like things happen in Karatur. People are born. Weather happens. The sun, shi- the sun shines. Like, like, but then they say, like, temples are found in within a city of some size. Um, they, they, they go to great lengths to very poorly exoticize Asia here. Um, most are dedicated to one of the nine immortals, although other sages and deities may also be included jointly in this dedication. The patron immortal is represented by a central statue, which is ringed with small naves where lesser patrons are dedicated, depicted. Temples are staffed with about 20 to 40 priests, as well as being guarded by a small number of Sohei, up to 30, who protect the temple from desecration and theft. Uh, so Emma, in, in D&D, like the Sohei are basically um, supposed to be warrior m- monk guardians of temples. Okay. Okay, cool. That's a lot of people. In towns of some size, yeah, yeah. In cities that's, that's of some a size. Of, that's actually yeah. a large temple. If you but really that's want very to know. big. Yeah, you think about like a, a, a church in your city. Yeah. So there's that's like a lot. up to seventy at, people living in one place. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I that's will. Like I will yeah. say that's, this is the first mm. time they've given concrete numbers to pretty much anything. Yep. So I'll give it that. That's true. I will give it and, that. And but I the numbers do also like don't make sense. that they're not all mysteriously placed on the highest peak of every mountain or something like yeah. that. Or like, yeah. hidden by mists, go find them. Yeah, <laughs> Behind the, the waterfall. Yeah, one of the things that is very, that I'm catching on to, like, in this entire thing so far, we're only on page six, but it's like, there's this, this fog of Orientalist mysticism 
where it's like we can never talk about anything specific well we rarely ever talk about anything specific because if we make it specific it's no longer exotic so it's it, like, it loses the mis- the mystery because now we've named it we codified it it's now yeah. a thing so it's now it, it like like character just can only exist in this fog this fog of of exotic spicy orientalism it's that's that's what it could yeah this this is basically what happens when you're like like a first year undergraduate student and you have like a word count you have to hit and you just like ow ow start ow, throwing Dan- in no, nonsense Daniel, no stop ow it hurts i'm sorry i'm it just hurts. attacking everyone <laughs> that that's what this is um a monastery incorporates a temple as part of its design but also has living quarters for a larger number of monks in Sohei, as many as two or three thousand at the greatest ones. Isn't that just the Monas- city itself? Almost? Uh, I'll give them... I'll, I think they're trying to go for grand scale, so I'll give them that. Monasteries are usually located in... Rem- oh, there we go, Emma. In remote areas, <laughs> Wait, as these orders oh. do... Wait, I... So temples <laughs> are different, so they see... Yeah. Yeah. So they say okay. they're different. Monasteries are usually located in remote areas as these orders desire peace and isolation to better study their particular branch of the path. Um, an order of the Shouling faith may have many temples or monasteries scattered in a number of cities. Rarely are there two or more temples in, of the exact same sect within the same city. There is too much chance of a schism eventually splitting the two temples apart. Huh? What? Huh? Okay. What? I. Um. I think they try to do like a whole like Asians can't get along, Asian infighting. Yeah. But like, I, I mean, I guess also they're just also kind of in a way saying don't have more than one temple in a city. But why would they fight though? That's the it, thing. It feels very Roman Catholic. Yeah. It yeah. feels like early Roman Catholic where it's like us. Here, no one else, no pagan beliefs. I... But these are all of the same belief, though. Yeah. But they worship a different patron, so therefore we don't like them. It's a diff- it's a different but, but narrow branching like... path of the same path. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it's it's one of the little. You're, you're two paths. branches over. I don't like you. <laughs> it, That's weird. It does feel a lot like like the protestant schisms almost yeah. a little bit like mm-hmm. when, when yeah. the catholic church started like branching off like even in the earliest catholic church when we got the orthodox versus the roman like but even yeah. they managed to be okay Co-e- coexist in the same yeah. cities i i don't know i don't know yeah this this is just like i don't want to make any assumptions about the authors because i've been accused of doing that um i think this is perhaps projecting their own experiences into an Asian setting. Um, but anyways, no matter the order, the life of a monk is much the same. <laughs> Members of the order... <laughs> Mackenzie, I'm so sorry. It's fine. I'll, we'll get through, we gotta get through this page. <laughs> Members of the... Because we're going to get to the Shaolin monk section next. No! <laughs> <laughs> uh... Members of the order rise one hour before dawn, going to the central temple to chant and pray to the immortal, to the patron immortal. At dawn, the monks begin uh, the first of their two kung fu training sessions. 
This one uh, concentrating on stretching and exercises. After this session, they will have breakfast, then move on to morning activities, chants, meditation, scribe work, farming, or crafts. The midday meal marks the end of this work and the start of the afternoon kung fu practices. <laughs> These are with weapons, movement exercises, kata, which is from Japan, yeah. uh, and sparring between monks, kubate, which is also from Japan. Um, after the practice, one of the older monks gives a sermon reading texts from the monastery's sutra library. Following this time, uh, this is a time of meditation. At dusk, there are the evening prayers with an hour of meditation afterwards and the last meal of the day. This meal is often a place where younger novices can ask questions of the masters and discuss the events of the day. At day's end, the monk returns to his meditation cell to sleep. Oh. That was a lot. We've officially hit one page and six lines. We did it. We, we did now, it. Personal we did best. It. Um, oh, oh, that was something. So I, 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 ha I have to say that for this section that the amount of engrossed detail of a daily routine for a, a, the life of a monk, I, I just have to go, you know... I, I get that you're trying to make them seem more like, oh, look, they, they're they normal people. They they do things, but they also do kung fu. What? No, 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 it's not that they do kung fu. It's literally their days are, it's like morning kung fu practice, which is like a million things. Afternoon kung fu practice. It's like, you didn't have to call it kung fu practice. Katas, which yeah. are, you know, Ka yeah. not, yeah. 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 not not yeah kata and kumite it was it's one of those bits that i i think those got carried over from um oriental adventures but also just like 80s martial arts pop culture that yep. is fair yep that's yep. i this is all Let, just a training montage like that whole yeah, day like, yep. is just <laughs> but then but then i'm they put so much detail into this yet we get like the fortress of kwai is made of big stone blocks and there's a dead guy in there <laughs> with a magic ring which, that can control which, giants and, and also apparently ha all you have to do to get the ring is just lift up this giant piece of rock <laughs> And it's just the ring of controlling Korean giants. That's all it, that's what it says. Oh, it's, oh it's, no. It's when you really, word it like that, it's so much worse. It's so dumb, though. It's really dumb. And then, and then they have this, like, monastery. And, like, the first bit is just like, oh, this is kind of, like, Roman Catholic. Uh, some of this is kind of nonsensical because it's like they do good deeds and gather in groups. And then it's like they do kung fu training. And then they do this. They meditate here. Then they do this. Then they meditate here. But and, then, what, but it's kind of like paradoxical here because it says like the life of the monk is much the same. They do kung fu, so on and so forth. And then, but it's like, but then before they were just saying like they wander the lands doing good, or I they guess, gather. I guess that's priests versus monks. Oh, I guess so. Maybe. Yeah. I guess because they they they've said that there are um, sohei, shugenja, and wujen. Okay. But then they've talked about how. The Shugenja live in solitude in Oriental Adventures. They, they live away from, I think it's either the Shugenja or the Wujen, live in solitude in nature because they're those like, ooh, very yeah. e elusive Asian mystics. But then they have these like, there are several thousand of them in these monasteries or there are like up to 70 of them in a temple. And then, of course, at the end of the day, they sleep in meditation cells. What the hell is a meditation cell? Ugh. That that definitely that, I, I understand why they would 
I, I'm guessing from like an outside perspective, they're like, oh, it was sell because they want like they want to impress upon the reader that their lives are Spartan, and like it's only about the path and kung fu. So they don't really need a real bedroom. They they just get a cell to meditate in. I'm just looking at. I just googled meditation cell, mm-hmm. half expecting to find something on the goop. Um, but isn't referring to it as a cell a very Christian thing? Is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Okay, it is. so here we go. Here we go. So I found something. Um, uh, I'm assuming. So it looks like I have to do a little bit more digging. Okay. So there is a meditation cell. This is a thing. So, well, according to Wikipedia, there is a Adi Badri, which is in in India is an archaeological site. It's a temple. And inside it, they actually have a thing called meditation cells. Right. But I don't think those are the same as where people stay to sleep. Sleep. But I don't think that is the same because these look like very small Also, who gave it the name meditation cells? Was it the people who actually used them or was it the people who quote-unquote discovered them? I'm looking that up right now. Because when people Mm -hmm. discover things, they're going to... It's it, there's always going to be that colonialist, imperialist, Western lens if an outsider discovers something. So they're going to call it a cell, even if that wasn't actually what it was called, just because it's like, oh, it's the closest approximation of what we know. And we're it's the just experts. a place to meditate. I don't think you yeah. sleep here, well, though. I mean, the best you can probably say would be like a meditation chamber or like a meditation like room. Like a room is yeah. is, is, is as generic as you can get without be without trying to make it specific. And and even then, like. They don't usually meditate. I mean, you can meditate in your own room, but I don't see why you need to, why it has to be specifically, there's nothing else amenity-wise. Because it feels like as if, like, the, the, it feels like they made them specifically, like, we're the, we're the monks who gave away our worldly possessions and do good. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm trying to see if there is something, and I'm not getting a clear answer. It seems as though they were inspired by, you know, living a Spartan religious life um, and having, like, a chamber. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just an odd choice of wording. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't know. There's... D&D, AD&D really suffers from their selective use of great detail. Um yeah, it seems so random. Like all of a sudden, we we get from like a five ten thousand foot view to like daily life daily in life explicit explicit detail every hour. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. it's a really jarring tonal shift. I mean, yeah. I can. I think again. I don't want to like assume the attentions of the reader, but it definitely. Someone mentioned it sounds like a training montage in chat. And I can definitely mm-hmm. see this just being a section where the author, it's not self-insert, I guess, is the closest approximation to what I'm trying to say, where it's like they, it is an approximation of what the author, coming from a Western experience, wants to experience and thinks is super cool. So when they go into detail, they're like, of course, it's going to have like double kung fu practice, because that's what if they wanted to experience this, they would want to do that. They're more committed to fulfilling that fan- that orient- orientalist fantasy than they are actually doing anything accurately. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just mysterious palaces, deadly fortresses, oh, temples, cliffs with heavenly writing, and kung fu masters. Um, let's let's go to let's see how far we can get. Let's go to um. Because I kind of want us, I kind of want us to read the Strong Claw Monastery. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. I, okay. can, also, I can I can assert that we will get there. <laughs> are they going to explain why temples can't exist in the same town? Yeah, I mean, yeah, nope. they have a section called <laughs> well, Temple Conflicts. <laughs> temple Conflicts. Yeah, right now, the myriad of directions along the path makes for a lively dissension and argument between the priesthoods. Oftentimes, the many orders of the Sholing have raised up great temple armies of Sohei and monks to destroy other orders considered to be heretics. Although the emperor opposes this, temple battles continue even today as rival orders clash on the streets of the capital and other places of the empire. There are more than 200 sects or orders, um, all professing to be the true way to follow the path of enlightenment. Only perhaps two dozen are recognized as approved by the Department of Celestial Supervision. <laughs> the what? Here then, I... <laughs> Here, then, I present a small sample of the most outstanding ones so that you, too, will be enlightened. Oh, fuck me. So here's what's really troubling. Again, kind of touching on the kind of one of the four touchstone uh, points that you raised at the very beginning. Um, and yeah. Yeah. It's basically the idea of, like, we're violent. Like, we've all got to be violent. And, and it's like, this is a this is a religious. Yeah. Like, religion is considered to be, like, one of the core parts of a lot of civilizations and it's like even in even in our religion we gotta be we can't get along we can't get we're along fighting in the streets we're so yeah mm-hmm. and it's like it literally reads like a, a like a west side story rumble like you've well, got it's a dojo mo- battle it's a dojo, it's a dojo battle. battle it's an 80s dojo battle it's got some crusades vibes going on that's too. what i was yeah. thinking. Like, yeah. that's what i was thinking yeah, yeah. it's it's a, it's a mix of like different pop culture tropes they have like the like they have the crusades going on here they have all these different sects of a religion they have the stereotype that Asians are violent they have the dojo battles and then they have the department of celestial supervision which i get that they're playing off of the fact that you know chinese historically and i guess now um you know chinese civilization has always been highly bureaucratic and as are as are like the heavens like the gods and the 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 divine in China are also very bureaucratic. So I get it. I I don't slight them for the Department of Celestial Supervision. It just sounds really silly. It, sounds it does. Yeah. Very silly. I think it is. But she's like, it. walk up and she's like, you have your badge. She's like, hold up, Department <laughs> of Celestial Supervision. Or like you have to write up a proposal to take to the department. Department. To get yeah, approved yeah. like, as an official or recognized. Oh, it's path. like it's like we would like it's it's like here's our here's our sect approval form. It's like did you fill it out triple did you follow did you tri- did you do it tri- in triplicate? Uh, I only did it in duplicates. You're going to need to do it again. <laughs> and it's like 15 it's like, pages. You got you you have the wrong paperwork filled out. Hold up. It's, one it's of like those no, guys. you got the wrong here it's like you gave me scroll form 5A. Here's scroll 6B. This is the one you're supposed to file. It's something that would be like yeah. super cool in like a different context, but in this context it's just kind of why yeah, yeah. Be- because, like, oh. like Michelle said, it's vibing off the whole thing where it's like Asians can't get along. We're violent. The other thing that also, I, and this is a question that I have for folks, if if you know, but is this 
an actual thing in like East Asian monastic culture because to my knowledge this is not a thing like I don't really I, I don't recall in the, the the times I've studied this that there were like rumbles between Confucian scholars and say like followers of a I, I don't know it, it's it's very I mean, they, there are certainly, like, violence between sects is, is certainly has to be a thing. Like, people have yeah. fundamental disagreements. That's true. Right? But I think the problem here is saying that, like, they're just constantly fighting. Yeah. And, and it's just sort of weird because it's like a, almost like a weird – the way that it's portraying this conflict is so central is almost like revisionist weird history. Like, in my head, uh, as someone who's studied, like, Catholic and Christian history, like, this reads way more to me, like – protestant rumbles yeah. like european mm-hmm. protestant rumbles than like whatever like than anything i've ever researched um in east asian like religious history so yeah mm-hmm. yeah i'd be like i don't want to i don't want i don't i think it would also be silly to say that they they exist peacefully they coexist yeah. peacefully like right. of course there's going to yeah. be disagreement but it's the like i said earlier it's the framing it as like they are constantly fighting mm-hmm. right I, I think I that's think the that's problem the here. Yeah, the fact that it's like this is a, a core aspect of the priesthood of that this is something that is constantly happening and it it goes on to say like, you know, there's many great battles. They 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 amass large armies and they and the emperor can't do anything. I mean, it's like uh this very much sound like for Michelle's point it's like it sounds very much like um Catholicism and the Protestant yeah. Uh, sex with the wars because it's not like the pope could do anything when the protestants go to war with each other yeah but the thing is like yeah when you say wars but then they say they um where is it they say that they they clash Clash. in the streets yeah Yeah. that's it's like they're having little and then michelle's like they're having little rumbles it's not like they're actually having full-on skirmishes and wars they're they're having street fights yeah this is the jets and the sharks like this is just yeah it's yeah but kung fu but kung fu. <laughs> this oh section is very much. I'm. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. A, I can't speak for '80s movies as I wasn't around for most of them. But it sounds a lot like '80 movies montages. Just yeah. a lot oh, of. Hundred percent. Really this, is like, this is like it's like oh warriors come out to play. Snapping <laughs> mm-hmm. in the in the back. Yeah, Stopping. or it's like you're the Jets. Yeah, it's it. Ugh. It it's it just plays off of really dated tropes it yeah, also they... reminds it and because they're all sex it's starting to make me think because um my my dad grew up in new york in um the 70s when there was a lot of Asian, like chinese gangs and everything yeah and it's making me think back about the the warring gangs and so now i'm thinking i'm starting to see like feeling the same kind of atmosphere where it's like it's all about like the there's just an inherent sense of violence that just per, that just percolates all the time yeah yeah, because that was a big thing during the late seventies and the eighties. Was always the lens of oh look, there's more Asian violence happening. Yay! Yeah, Yay. that, that was yeah. a big thing in San Francisco as well. Like there was a the Tong Wars. Yeah, the... yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, uh, but anyways, let's 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 go to the Strong Claw Monastery. Kya. <laughs> Um, no, the Strong Claw no, Monastery no, no. is located near <laughs> is located near Yenqing, uh, Ma Yuan in Ma Yuan Province. Okay, let's look oh, at the map. God. Oh boy, here we go. Um, 
if it's even labeled. <laughs> so, so here's this, there's, here's this, how like, this is very unreadable to me because there's a place near Tabit called Arakin, but I read that as Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> is it on high ground? Um, it's, it, it, it's, it's actually it, it's actually in a valley so, so no so it works perfectly it is anakin it is anakin, it is it is anakin. Above uh my it, yuan above. here we go my yuan is kind of near the sort of tan colored desert that's so specific it's not <laughs> i was about to say could you be more specific <laughs> so they had so there's it's like in the so the north yeah, near the S for the Sholung label, um, there are the Rendai Hills, and it's near the Dragon Wall. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, the Dragon oh. Wall. And, and don't we forget, gotta have a dragon. We gotta have wall. a Dragon Wall, and then not to mention in the desert, there's the, they call it the Route of Spices. So. <laughs> oh God, it's called the Spice Road. Yeah, in the desert they literally part. call it the Spice Road. Oh God. Is the horse plains, as of course, right? The one plane of horses. <laughs> the Katakoro. T- the, the, uh, there's a lot to unpack here with the map, but anyways, we know where they are now. They are near <laughs> Yenching, which is in the Maiyuan Province, and Yenching is actually this red dot here under near the H for Sholung. Yep. I mean, this this tells me nothing. If I was if I was like reading this map, I'd be like, okay, great, they're there. <laughs> Yeah, Thanks. apparently you're at. Apparently it's in. An, it's near an intersection of several rivers, uh, and partially surrounded by marshes. Yeah, yeah, or foothills. Yeah, One but of the it's two. like partially like the sense of scale here is just. Uh, yeah, so the off. sense of scale just makes you go. Uh... Mm. Let's Anyways. get to the next sentence because um, we know where they are now. Uh, it is one of the oldest monastic orders in the empire and is considered a great honor to be accepted here, despite the monastery's relative isolation from the rest of the world. The patron immortal is Fa Quan, but uh, Qi Shi is also worshipped here. Again, we don't have any information on who these are. Oh, my eyes drifted, and then I saw a cobra school come through. <laughs> yeah, you oh, read ahead. Yeah, you, saw, you drifted. Yeah. Right ahead. I already was waiting for it anyway. So. Oh, cobra Kai. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Anyways, sorry. Um, uh, the life of the monks is a hard one, and applicants are tested both physically and spiritually before they are admitted. The order accepts both male and female novices, although the two sexes live in separate quarters and must pledge a vow of chastity during their tenure with the order. Uh, located on a high, cold plain. Uh, okay. The buildings of the monastery are cave-like, with few windows to prevent heat from escaping. The walls of the enclave are high and thick, but keep out the bitter winds and fell creatures that wander the steps at night. Wait, they said steps and... Uh, okay. It's, it's, uh, anyways. I, I, I got lost with just the words high, cold, plain. <laughs> I'd be mean, like, you can have a high plain, I, I guess. I imagine if you're, like, a, yeah. like a butte. It makes like sense. Butte? Yeah. Yeah, like a butte. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um... The land of Mayuan is well known for its huge beasts, monsters, and spirits, although not uh, not as feared as the dead and cursed blades of Chukai. Okay. Okay, Chukai. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Okay. So we, we've established the geography makes sense. It's just like... It's a little much. Uh, during the summer months, the monks of the order raise sorghum and wheat, uh, which they store in underground caves below the monastery buildings. In the bitter winters, they retreat into the monastery's vast and echoing halls to study the writings of the path and to say the 1,000th chants required in the teachings of the order. It is said by monks um, that should the cycle of chants be broken, the, the full 1,000 knots said each day, the world will end in fire. In all seasons, the monks of the order study the techniques of bear-style kung fu, the style of great strength and slashing movements favored by the fierce peoples of the Western... Oh, my God. Of the Western marshes. So they basically were like, yes, they do this kung fu style, and then everyone in the Western marshes does bear-style kung fu. Um, I'm thinking of, like, Kung Fu Hustle, when everybody just knows yes, Kung Fu. Yes, everyone yeah. just goes Kung Fu. Everyone is everyone Kung, Kung Fu fighting. Fu. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Strong Claw Order is famed for its mastery of this technique, and many have journeyed to the remote monastery to learn its secrets. The Sohei of the Order are also famed for their skill with the Tetsubo, a Japanese weapon, mm. or Iron Club. Uh, both Sohei and monks have served with distinction alongside the emperor's army of the western marshes, battling the fierce horse barbarians. The monks particularly enjoy plucking riders from horseback and wrestling horses to the ground with their great strength. <laughs> Travelers will find a solid welcome here, though, not if not a great deal of comfort. Straw mats on stone platforms are the extent of sleeping arrangements. The fair is strictly vegetarian, except on feast days, when chicken and fish are permitted. Visitors to the order are advised to not interfere too much with the monks' duties and to follow the teachings of the path while they are there! Exclamation point. The current abbot of the monastery is Ta Ping Su, large feet. <laughs> this... This is the youngest, uh, the youngest abbot in the history of the order. Ta Ping Su was selected at the age of 28 by the previous abbot. The old master of the order lay, as the old master of the order lay on his deathbed. The young abbot is extremely strong, both physically and spiritually, and perhaps a little conservative and suspicious of the outside just, world. Just for audio purposes, I just want everyone to know that as we were reading through that, everyone's faces just slowly descended into the one emoji that's just closed eyes, closed mouth. <laughs> I, I, I am so, I'm actually kind of really offended by, okay, so we haven't had any kind of like parenthetical translations of anyone's real, uh, anyone's names or places yep. or things like that. And suddenly large feet, large feet. Why? There is literally, I, I feel like there is literally no other reason to do this except to like poke fun at this person, this person who is the head of a monastic order. Like, yeah, why? Why would you do that? I, except to just sort of again. Also, nobody would, would nobody would name name their child that. Uh, no, I can it's, get it if that was like a nickname. But I don't. But this is the this yeah. is the head. This is yeah. the abbot. Well, and the thing is, if you're the if you when you become a, a an abbot of even of any religious order, whether it be Asian or not, you're usually given a better honorific name. <laughs> yes. Than large feet. 
also this is like they're they're poking fun at a character and if you're an outsider you're meant like they're they're trying to set set the game up for an interaction where it's just like oh yes it's our head abbot large feet and the players go oh it's it's weird it's 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 in poor taste mm-hmm. um to say the least and to say the least and i mean just the way they described it like yeah they're they're on this high cold plane but like what are their structures made out of are they they say they're like cave like um but they're but they don't live within are they like huts that are like caves what does this look like what does the monastery look like we don't know no it really doesn't tell us anything um in in this section they have said that they have said that like yes Asians have weird names Asians have weird translated names um these Asians live in very spartan conditions oh and everyone knows kung fu they said that all in this one section and for untold reasons they like to beat up the horse riding people <laughs> yeah they like to wrestle horses they, they wrestle are, horse riding are people horse wrestling. Yeah. what do you want to do yeah. for fun today Al? let's go wrestle some horses Al, let's, let's go, go wrestle, wrestle some, some horses, horses. Wrestle yeah. some horses. Yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna tip some cows and wrestle some horses you know yeah. it's and it's just yeah and then like oh yes yeah, so you, you could have anyone here but you all have to take a vow of chastity during your tenure with the order welcoming but suspicious uh, it, yeah, but not for uh, the horse riders because for some reason nope. F them. For the horse riders, tackle the horses. It's where, it's where it's just like get that tension well, out. Yeah. Well, there's like a plot hook, and it's just like an adventurer is coming through on their horseback, and all of a sudden, strong claw, <laughs> they just grab them. Yeah. Well, I it's, mean, like uh, on the map, for the, there is a there's an there's a road that goes through a mountain pass that's from the west. Yeah. Right. So I guess this is like if you're coming from the other side of, you know, the Forgotten Realms, if you're coming in from, you know, the 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 the, the parts of like the the middle areas and moving inward, that would be like this would probably be your first main place or big city that you would see, I guess, air quotes, big city, because it's not really a city. Um, and it's like this is the first thing you would re- probably really see that's a form of civilization. With also yeah, airplanes. they're just these like, oh god. Uh, it's it's like, hey, party members! But while you're going through that entire area where it's full of horse riding barbarians, <laughs> then you have to cross through these mountain passes, and then you have to cross through these marshes, and then you'll eventually find this monastery in the middle of almost nowhere on a cold fl- on a on a high cold plain. With cave like people of the western yeah. marshes. Let's look for the western it's marshes. marches. Where is that? Marked marches. Marches. Where where are the western marches? I think I don't think they labeled it. I think it's just like the the marshland that's there, like right where the uh, where it's like after uh, was it Kazari is supposed to be. Yeah. So it's just like everybody here knows kung fu. Apparently. So it's literally like if you're an outsider and you're coming to China for the first time, you literally see Shaolin monks who wrestle horses, are vegetarians. And no kung fu. They crammed every single trope into one. It's all yeah. here. Also, it's all here. Out of, this it's is asked all... as a D D nerd question. Is the Western marches yeah. the same as like what defines a West marches game? Are those the same, or did they just name two areas I... West March E? Let's look this up. Uh, ooh. 
don't... I don't actually know. Hmm. I'm not 100% sure. We got a sure. month to look it up. Hard. We got a month, <laughs> to, look a month it up. to look it up. But, but anyways, we have a like new personal best. We've gone way over One what we did last pages. time. One and a half pages. Plus map stuff. <laughs> Plus and map then a stuff. Yeah, plus map slight stuff. detour into Cobra style. <laughs> Next, we're going to yes. do the Order of Silence, the Temple of the Cobra style. <laughs> oh, I like how we I, all did that. We've we've done bear style, strong claw. Uh, it's but a they use slashing. But then they use. But then they use Tetsu. But then they use Tetsubo, which is a bludgeoning, bludgeoning weapon. weapon. Yeah, <laughs> it's like. What do you don't, don't you ever see bears with clubs? <laughs> I'm sure there's a gif of like a Smokey bear wielding gets... clubs. It's... That's when Smokey gets really angry. Yeah. <laughs> gets Picks up two sticks and just like <laughs> put out forest fires. Okay, Boo Boo, let's go get our clubs. That's like, terrifying. Uh... Oh, good no, lord. Stop. My uh, my home device just went off when I said boo boo. Um, there, I will comment though there is a yeah. there is a YouTube video of a bear with nunchucks. I don't know why. No, I'll look at that off stream. <laughs> um, that being said, um, we have reached our two hour mark. I want to like a like thank all of you for for joining me on this journey into the hilarity that is Caratour, like the greatest comedy ever written um <laughs> god this is it's so bad it's so bad um but thank you so much for joining me i have all of your socials on screen but one last time if you want let's go let's go mackenzie michelle emma and then jackie oh let's go and no sorry let's go mackenzie michelle jackie and then emma um what have you got going on? What do you want to share? Let's start with you, Mackenzie. Um, hi, so I'm Mackenzie Diarmus. You can find me over on Twitter at Mackenzie Lane DA. Um, I'm an independent tabletop content creator, so I've done work with D&D Beyond, MCDM, Mage Hand Press, but most significantly, uh, as recording this, uh, the campaign setting that I'm the lead writer for, The Islands of Sina Una, is releasing in a couple days. It's releasing on October 5th. Um, you can still get the pre-order over on the Deck of Many. The PDF is coming the print books will be coming in a couple months um it is an entire campaign setting based around pre-colonial filipino mythology um and it's super detailed i think it's like 300 pages so it's gonna be a big book and i'm super excited to share it um and that's what i'll be talking about so you can go follow me over on twitter as i yell very excitedly about that so Let's go to Michelle. Michelle, what have you got going on? Hey, um, so I'm going to be continuing uh, doing my um, comedy uh, magic lore podcast, The Lore Goifs. Um, if you ever want to hear us snark about Magic the Gathering and in particular uh, the stories that come along with it, let us know um, and go and listen. Um, and I also will be uh, creating pottery, as I usually am. And I also mm. occasionally write for Card Kingdom. I'm going to be hopefully writing an article soon about like revenge and one of the new main characters, Nahiri, on Zendikar. So um, you can catch me there, but mostly on Twitter, uh, where I try to be positive uh, in the face of a crumbling world. And uh, that would be at Kilmfeen Potter. So you can find me there. And I've also linked the... Um... Uh, your your other show into the uh, your your comedy podcast oh, into our Twitch you. chat as well. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> no problemo. Okay, 
Jackie. Hi, everybody. I'm Jackie. I am a uh, freelance tabletop uh, writer. Uh, so I've worked for thing for for places like Paizo, Gallon Night Games, a couple of other small publishers. But I am actually also one of the lead uh, project. I'm one of the project leads for Unbreakable. Uh, so which is our our all Asian Asian mythology, Asian folklore, written by Asian writers and illustrated by Asian artists. And it is a wonderful book featuring 10 adventures in here. And we are actually working on, uh, we're actually processing all of our, our pitches that we received for our volume two plus. I say that because it's a lot. Um, it's not going to fit in one volume. It won't. So um, you'll probably hear more about me if you follow me on Twitter, because we'll probably have to make an announcement sooner or later, probably by next week. And I'll be sending out emails by next week, and I am going to be, and I'll be busy for a long time. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Emma, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, although I don't post a whole lot. I go by Starchiologist, um, and I am an archaeologist. So I don't have a whole lot to say for TTRPG stuff, although I do have a little more experience now in doing cultural consultation and sensitivity reading uh but mostly yeah just doing archaeology stuff trying to finish my dissertation preparing to teach yeah hell yeah hell yeah Yeah. and of course you could find me on twitter at daniel h kwan um asians represent is on pretty much every platform at azns represent if you're listening to this on the podcast and you want to get a visual of what we were looking at, because we did talk about a little bit of the map and that, you know, what was it? A pr- um, what was the beige thing beige. we said? I forgot. Aggressively, Aggressively beige. beige map. Um, you can watch this at youtube.com slash AZNS represent. Uh, we stream this live uh, the first Saturday of every month at twitch.tv slash AZNS rep. So you could always catch that there. Uh, Emma, you're on another stream that we have every Friday. We are reading through the Legend of the Five Rings 5th edition core rulebook. Um, yeah. So uh, we've got a lot going on. Uh, that being said, like Jackie, Mackenzie, Emma, Michelle, thank you for joining me once again for our second stream, our improved uh, speed as we read through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Yes! Caratura, that means the next Eastern month we have to work for two pages. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, so next month is Order of Silence, Order of the Nimble Hunter, the White Crane Temple, the Order of the Dragon Monastery, and then we get into government. Oh, buddy. We'll learn more about the Department of Celestial um, something or other. Celestial Supervision. Supervisions. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to get to that one yeah, to. It's going to be a while. We'll learn, about all, the, we'll learn about all the office of positions that exist. I, oh, look, I, they even have the Forbidden City in this, too. I scrolled ahead to page nine, and the mm-hmm. Forbidden City is in it. this. You found, you found it. You found it. <laughs> Yay. It's gonna be, it's, that's going to be great. Uh, but anyways, thank you, folks, for tuning in. We appreciate all of you. Have a wonderful day. Bye. 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 Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Asians Represent. Our show is part of the One Shot Podcast Network. If you head to oneshotpodcast.com, you can listen to our show alongside a variety of amazing podcasts like the Character Creation Cast. If you have any questions about this episode's theme, the games discussed, or anything else related to Asians Represent, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at AZNSRepresent or at AZNSRepresent at oneshotpodcast.com. And special shout out to DJ Pavilon for our new music. 
That being said, I'm Daniel, and you've just listened to Asians Represent. <laughs>